You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Kukra. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two adults and a bright young mind try to keep up with pop culture in the ever-morphing landscape. This week, Ben Cardieu, Marvai Verdu, and myself, Johan Wald, with Rob Roman at the controls, begin talking about all the new destinations Primavera Sound announced last week that will take place during 2022. It is a proper globetrot. We're at the equator of the month of December, which means we can safely say it's Christmas time. It's been Christmas time since the end of November, and we may see the day when we shall be bombarded with Christmas promotions during the month of August, when we're still scraping our flip-flops along the sandy promenades of a summer vacation. Nevertheless, the season to be jolly keeps getting longer, which can't be a bad thing. Culturally, Christmas is an interesting season, and that's what we dedicate today's show to. Movies, television specials, albums, number one Christmas songs. Do these things still matter in the age of TikTok, binge scrolling and too much awareness on the woes of the world? Stay tuned to find out from us here at the Weekly Review. By Wet Lag, undoubtedly one of Ben's personal tracks of the year. Wet Leg. Leg. Wet. Did I say lag? Damn it. Lag. Wet Leg, Wet Leg. <laughs> but Lag would have been a good name as well, because it would have been like a play on Jet Lag. Well, do you know, I said to someone the other day, because because uh, Wet Leg had been announced for Primera uh, Barcelona, and I said to someone the other day, oh, Wet Leg would be perfect for like, uh, reminds me of uh, Philip Sherman, I was speaking to an afternoon... Uh, wine drinking session at Primavera Sound. He's like, I hope you're not implying this. And I was like, I realised I'd implied that he'd peed himself or something like that. It is quite <laughs> a sort of, you have to be careful with it what? because have you ever had a wet leg at a festival? Has anyone ever peed down your leg? I've been lucky. I've been fortunate, Mar. Uh, no, not that I know of. <laughs> Maybe it happened and I didn't even realise. I mean, that kind of thing does happen. I have I've been in the crowd and <laughs> looked around and seen someone having a pee in a cup and you're like, I mean, it didn't get, didn't get on my leg, but you know. I'm, I'm proud to say that that I've never seen it happen at Primavera, but in British festivals, it's quite normal to pee into the, the uh, empty the, uh, beer British glass. British festivals are bar- barbarous, <laughs> Johan. Barbaric, barbaric, yes. Yeah, barbaric. That's and they throw them at the at the poor performance on stage sometimes. No. they get yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was you a thing. You had a cup of piss thrown at someone on stage, Mark. Come on. Oh, my God. My God, it's, all, it's a, all TikTok that's this. That's so humiliating. Town cloud that, and when it comes down to a nice, nice you know, oh, cup of piss, no, you don't I, know. I have empathy for... <laughs> I mean, if it's on those massive, massive like stages like Glastonbury, you can kind of see it coming. Uh, so you, I think most artists manage to dodge them unless you're closing your eyes and really in the oh moment of a God. song and all of a sudden... <laughs> uh, Ever so occasionally, though, an artist kind of thinks they'll be cries. clever and be like, all right, come on then. And then that's just like... Yeah. I would cry. I think I would cry. I'd be like, hey guys, I'm, I'm going to cry, okay? <laughs> because this is horrible. Like, I, I reckon I would just be like... I'd get quite into it but like, okay, I'm just, just gonna into exce- it no alright not into it but like oh, you know ben. golden shower golden shower boy bring me your residue <laughs> no no I wouldn't get into it but you know I, I'd, I'd be like okay, you know this is gonna happen I'm on stage for the next 40 minutes yeah. let's say uh, then I can get off and change I'm just gonna you know alright whatever I don't care do what you like Especially if you're in a punk band, you know, and you'd almost welcome it like Gigi Allen or something. It's like, yeah, bring me your piss and, you know, get into the spirit of it and flu- body fluids. And I can see your reasoning. I could, I could understand it in that context. I wouldn't go full Gigi Allen. Don't worry. Uh, but if you're performing in a beautiful white suit, you know, you're all elegant or in a white dress. You oh, know, if you perform playing. in a beautiful white suit at a British festival, you are asking for but it. I'm sorry. That is, that Billie is... Eilish is... Headlining Glastonbury, right? Yeah. So are they gonna throw 
at her. No, I hope that not. would be very cruel. Because I mean, cool, cruel, ah, cruel, cruel, Cruella. I mean, how she's twenty now? Yeah, she's All barely right. not a teenager. Like okay. she just ended not being a teenager this year. I think we have to cut her some slack on throwing peace at her. I I don't look, I don't think they will because I think I mean it's not it's not that current and when it does okay, when it does happen ma- you it made it sound like it happened all the time like it's a thing we do in the UK <laughs> we throw uh, I think it happens to people rock like bands. Uh, rock bands people like the 1975 Matt, Matt Healy was kind of in everyone's face and he was he was an easy target because he was always so outspoken and stuff people a lot of sort of uh, a lot of the audience were like oh this guy again you know People who sympathize with the Noel Gallagher point of view of shut your mouth and play the hits. Kind have, of. have you ever heard of the pop duo uh, Daphne and Celeste? No. You probably weren't born. You were born, actually. Daphne but and Celeste. Daphne and Celeste. They were this like, um, like American um, pop duo that got really big in the UK for a, like one album, basically, in the, in the 2000s. And you know how sometimes... Like, like Shampoo. Uh, very uh, like shampoo, very really like shampoo. yeah because you know how occasionally you get those pop acts that like indie indie fans are like yeah yeah we really like them so they got invited to play reading reading 2000 right which is like you know reading is the most well if you're gonna get pissed thrown at you it will probably be at reading it's Sorry, laddish reading. i've been to reading it's more fun, laddish but really? like if you there's piss i mean like people <laughs> in in like in the year i was there, someone tried to mug me and uh like all night long, people were like, actually, not the year I was there, but it's famed for like people burning Porter Lose. Maybe oh, it's God. not like that anymore. But anyway, but like Daphne and Celeste were like this, you know, they were booked to play Reading and kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, like the kids like them. And then they just got like so much stuff thrown at them. No. But no, 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 no. But they totally toughed it out. They're like, we don't care. We're from New York. Throw what the hell. Uh-huh. You know, and people just threw stuff and threw stuff and they made an absolute triumph of it. Very good. See? Okay. Whereas I think back. Slipknot were like, eh. <laughs> Oh, come on. Slipknot totally deserve, in, in a good way, like it's part of that grotesque performance with the masks and stuff. Piss running down their, their, their they've got latex masks protecting them. Well, not all of it. Uh, actually, actually, hang to cut Slipknot some uh, slack. Apparently, uh, Corey Taylor from Slipknot went backstage to comfort Daphne and Celeste after they were bottled uh, at Aww. the, the Reading Festival in, in 2000. That's nice of him. Yeah, yeah, that's... Well... Well, yeah, well, <laughs> safe to say. I mean, it is amazing. Not only have I never, I've never witnessed um, urine being thrown at any artist performing at Primavera Sound. I think it is one of the safest spaces I've ever seen. So many people congregating in, like usually, just out of percentage and everything. You think, well, maybe at least one fight out of eighty thousand people might break out. Never witnessed one. No. Never. And I don't think it's. I don't think it's just possible. There's something about the vibe of the kind of music. Whereas in other, maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to. I, I can't talk on what I haven't seen. Well, we're going to be answering some questions, some listener questions about uh, about Primavera Sound 2022. And one thing that a lot of people seem to ask about wasn't actually in the questions that um, I brought. But like, is it you know is it good to go alone to a festival? We and talked about this. It's a yeah, perfect place to go alone, and it's certainly safe. That's yes. the thing. You know, I I wouldn't go alone. I think I'd get a bit lonely, but I wouldn't. I don't know what the as are. Do you have to be of a, of a certain age to get into Primavera without an uh, an adult accompanying you? Oh, I'm not hundred ah. percent sure. Yeah, I, I think you probably do. Like eighteen, yeah, I think, yeah. or sixteen. I'm not sure. I need to. We, we again, we were talking about this as well. I don't know what the law is in Barcelona, but I would feel safe sending my daughter if she was fourteen years old to Primavera on her own. Fourteen. Yeah. 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 Maybe not till six in the morning. You know, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I might be the, sort of, the early eggs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, if she uh, she she'll obviously come with me. But uh, you know, I'll, I'll it's like yeah, yeah, go on your own, whatever. It's yeah. So. Particularly if you were there and you'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna be there. You can go off and do your own thing. Yeah. And, and we yeah, meet later. I, I would be. Yeah. I, I'd be yeah. about fourteen. You make so many friends when you're on your own in a in a festival. You do. I don't. Everyone just ignores me. No. It's, it, in fact, it's a bit unfair for men. People leave us men alone. <laughs> but if you're a girl on your own, yeah. usually like other girls or stuff, they'll see you. I don't know. It's it's just a, a, a cool thing that happens to girls on their own. Yeah, there's cool. other one bad of, things one of, the, sure about one, cool thing, one of the few times it's yeah. like cooler to be a girl on your own no, in a public it, it, place. There's also bad parts. Like you get maybe groups of girls that, see you alone and are like come on come with us but yeah. 
they say it because they have seen people mm. trying to to be like, hey, what are you doing? All Pesados. Yeah. 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 But yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I, I must mention that we do Primavera Sound did activate the Nokayem um, initiative uh, last edition uh, when the new the 2019 edition, which is a space where if you have felt any kind of harassment or anything, you can go and you will be attended by uh, professionals who will who will help you if, if through any kind of woe or distress. Ah, more questions. More questions. All right. Somebody, uh, this one is perfect for you, Johan. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody wanted to know, uh, I know it's kind of a question you probably can't answer, uh, but what are places, are some of the best to meet artists in the city? And I thought, there's Johan. I know what he's going to say. Go on, go on. Bar Brutal. I mean, Bar Brutal is a very popular wine, natural wine bar. I have said this many times. And whenever you go there during the Primavera week, it's either Tom York in the corner or whoever's playing on the bill, they always demand to go there apparently it's all because the too many djs are very good friends of stefano colombo who's uh, who runs it um and uh, they're just so well connected that every especially djs especially you know peggy goo i saw her in there once that was during sonar week uh so whenever there's a big festival in in barcelona there that's the place they go to either there or their other brother restaurant um chamay italian restaurant you will always see artists hanging out there. There, it's 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 almost a, Patty Smith famously sang in Chamay. I don't know if it was where's, a way of where's Chamay? I've never been. I'm, I'm, in Poblasek. Oh. It's uh, near the the old Greek theater, and uh, it's a lovely small uh, Italian restaurant uh, run by the same brothers who run Bar Brutal. And uh, it's even when it's not festival season. If if there's an artist in town, though, Lady Gaga famously fell asleep in Chamay mm-hmm. after her gig in San Jordi. Um, Patty Smith, as, she, as I say, she even sent them when the restaurant had burnt down one year. She sent them a, a signed uh, T-shirt, I think, that's hanging on the wall or a painting, you know, because it's her favorite restaurant when she comes to Barcelona. Anyway, so those those are two kind of places to go and drink. A lot of the tapas bars that appear on the best of lists, like Bar del Pla, Cañete, you'll always find artists hanging around those places. I had a long conversation with um, Ah. Damn it! From Deer Hunter, not Brad, not Bradford. Oh, my memory. The guitar. Yes. Player, the the second best known one. I can't. Remember. Oh, I know who you mean. Pundit. Lockett. Lockett. Yes. Yes. Lockett. Yes. Sorry. Lockett loved Cal Pep. He was he was obsessed with Cal Pep. He always wanted to go there, and he wanted to, he brought his wife there on one occasion. Um, yeah. Though, though, usually artists when if they have a bit of free time, they go and eat and drink in Barcelona. It's rare to see them, and especially if they're playing both weekends, so they have Ooh, a full yeah, exactly. there. Yeah, so yeah. we'll find them easily, I guess. Well, yes. it's not that big the city, and I don't think they will go too far away from the the center. So no, I mean uh, Alex James from Blur did demand that they take him to Seller de Can Roca up in uh. Girona, which is one of the best <laughs> restaurants in the world. <laughs> Three Michelin stars. And uh, apparently Primavera Sound always books a table all week or something for or one or two so artists who ask Man. for it have a t- assured uh, seat. I would love to go there if anyone if anyone's listening. I tried to book a table once and I was thinking I'll just I'll just take the and there was just no table. I look I look went through each month for like the next something like twenty four months. Till, and then it just ran out and I was like, oh, right, Try right. for your fifth wedding anniversary No, when's that? In two years? Uh, yes, yeah. two and a half years Two, two yeah. and a half years, that should give you some Well, actually they've opened a, a, a normal restaurant As in, it's not hot cuisine It's it's actually called Normal It's the, <laughs> the, the Rocker Brothers <laughs> in, in Girona name. Yeah, yeah, a great name they, they, they were like, well, what should we call it? What should we call it? Just call it Normal It's normal food, you know It's normal everyday uh, Angfasi, but it's the the mother's recipes and stuff, but done by their crack team of chefs. Um, that's another option uh, for a nice romantic getaway in Girona. He's a, he's a, he's a good question that I want to ask both you. Now, Mar Ma is is most native, you know. Like mm-hmm. you've been in Barcelona what, like ten years or ten, so, twelve now. Yeah, I've Let's been about count. 10. And Ma is literally, literally <laughs> a native. And I don't know <laughs> anything. Um, <laughs> any hidden attractions in Barcelona? Yeah, like, you know, cool. Yeah, I Ma. think this is the yeah. kind of stuff people who are not from Barcelona know better than people who are. That's from Barcelona. true. I, I I prepared a couple in advance. 
Okay, because this is what the bloke said. Any uh, Some cool cosy cafes, parks, or botanical gardens, other interesting spots. I've been in the city for a few days before the festival starts. I want to explore a bit. I don't like big crowds and especially hordes of tourists. And do you know what I th- thought? Teatro Grec and all that area. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Up in Montjuic, which also has the botanical gardens. Why do not people not go there? It's like... Because it's real hills. It's a lot oh, yeah. of hills. <laughs> like I've, I've, it's lovely, it but I tried, a, I tried yeah. walking a little bit of Montjuic. Like I was exploring one of the top gardens that almost gets to the cemetery, yeah, yeah. and it's like, wow, this is a, this is a proper hike. You, yeah, you really need to go hike. prepared, and and it's a great, it's a great exercise. But it's lovely, isn't it? Because you have got Teatro which is mm. just beautiful, beautiful, incredibly. Like uh, I don't know if there'll be any gigs going on or anything like that, but it's just an incredibly beautiful place. That Mies van der Rohe residence, mm-hmm. which it's, is uh, open to the there, public. Yeah. The, um, the Joan Miro Museum, Foundation yeah. Museum. The castle, gallery. if you want a bit of, you know. Hmm. The castle, the um, castle. And in summer, they project uh, open-air cinema. I don't know if it will, they'll be programming by the time Primavera is happening. Might, maybe. And, and I, I see someone has written something on, on the script which uh, about Park Way. Park Way, because it's got that amazing labyrinth. And even though it is one of the main tourist attractions, it doesn't get, I don't remember it being too packed. And it's a nice sort of breather from the city, you know, and it's not that far. It's, it's I, I guess a bit packed, doesn't it? It, it is in, mm. in the summer. I only went there when we were on lockdown and yeah. we were allowed to go outside. So I was there and it was like no one there. Wow. And it, it was good. But I think during summer and primavera season, um, it is quite packed. You know, I went to the other day that's kind of new and it's a big attraction and it's heavily promoted. That Mokko Gallery. It's oh, the, yeah, the new art gallery. The, place, the, yeah. the Dutch um, branch of it, uh, of this, uh, this the, 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 the Barcelona branch of this um, Dutch Museum of Modern Art. I mean, it's, I don't know, it, it, it just had all these like hits, you know, all these big artists it had Basquiat's, Warhols and stuff. But it, I, didn't, I don't know, I didn't get the feeling of a proper immersive um it's, experience into an artist's view it's kind of curated for you to yeah put it on instagram on instagram so yeah. if you're keen on that maybe you really like visual stuff that you can easily take photos of that's yeah. a good museum yeah because it's done for you to do that basically i mean I'm, f- I'm 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 always excited when i see teenagers in a museum because mm-hmm. it's like oh cool you know art is becoming more accessible or it's more attractive now for and even though they're there to take selfies or whatever, it's like, yeah, well, at it, least... It's, it's still valid. They're enjoying art in their way. Their and ways. they're interacting yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They're spreading the message, I guess. You know, it's, it's not really... But yeah, but whereas the Picasso Museum, which is on the same street, oh, I did sort of... Yeah, it's too wow. well to, to... Isn't it? No, no, I really enjoyed oh. it because you really mm. do immerse yourself into like all his phases. There's so many collections. It's so well explained. I don't know. I really sort of was uh, inspired by it. Whereas the other thing is like, uh, I don't know, it's like scrolling through Instagram. That was the experience I felt. One th- and this is going slightly off uh, off piece because it's certainly not a hidden attraction. But I do wonder, right, if it's it's one of Barcelona's best known tourist attractions. But like, I would definitely go to the Sagrada Familia because although it's a cliche, although have it, you ever been there? I, I went with a load of nuns. <laughs> wow, nuns get to go in for free, That's and I got to go in for ah! free because I was with a load of nuns. But were you were you like on a costume or something? Or I don't understand. Ben dressed up as a nun. I've got the image right just now. Getting for free. That's yeah. very Catalan of you. You could just imagine my wife like, yeah, but the costume cost you like eighty euros. I was like, yeah, but I get for free. No, it's because um, my son went to a nursery that was run by nuns. One day they, they organised this ex- uh, this excursion. Yeah, I have been. Why? I do have you... never been. Oh, do you know what my my wife who's Catalan was like? Oh, all Catalans hate us. Like, oh my. God. It's not that we hate it, some do, and because of the tourists and stuff. But it's like, like the hidden spots thing. It's like I don't know. I I barely know this city I've been born in. Like I don't know any of the attractions. Like I. Uh, in my own city but I feel like that's a very local thing to happen like never it's like a a Parisian would never go up the Eiffel Tower right yeah exactly that kind of thing let let me hit you another one this is very Johan I reckon Um, what do you think about renting a bike is renting a bike for the week a good idea are there places to lock it up at the festival yes now, because uh, a lot of a, a lot of people were asking how to get home after the festival when it yes. closes or when you want to leave at two in the morning, and it is true that no matter how much the city hall puts extra buses, night buses, they're crammed. 
there's never enough taxis. Now there's a, there's a bit of Cabify, there's a bit of Uber and stuff. To, but even so, one of my favorite ways of getting back home from the festival is riding the bike because the promenade from the Forum Park to uh, Ciutadella, which is you know the, the, the center, is, is one straight, flat kind of promenade. You can go along the sea. So if there's a nice full moon, it's a beautiful, you get the summer breeze and stuff. It's a great way of winding down after all the intense experience of seeing so many bands play live and all those emotions that you live in the festival. Riding back home is one of the best things. Obviously, if you've gotten carried away with the yeah. alcohol or whatever, or the beers and stuff, well, not recommended, but it's quite, it's safe because it's a, it's a promenade. You know, it's a, there's both a sort of urban one and then there's the one that goes along the beach, which is a little bit sandier. Oh, and there. That's pretty romantic, isn't it? You know, it for a night out, like cycling. And Barcelona is a great city for bikes yeah. because it's relatively small. Um, I was about to say it's relatively flat. It's not, but probably the main bits you're going to be going to, yeah. well, you people are going to be going to are kind of quite flat. Um, and there's lots of bike lanes. Lots so. of bike lanes. And there is a bike park at the festival. There was, wasn't there? There yeah. is, and there's plenty of places to to tie it up uh, all around. The, you know, there's you'll, you'll find there's no there's no drama of of trying to find a parking space for a bicycle. Right. Another quick question: As someone who is going alone from the US and only knows a little Spanish, how difficult will it be to get around? Is the uh, metro doable to get to and fro? Super easy. Yeah. Catalans yeah. speak better English than they do Spanish. Oh, <laughs> Johan. <laughs> it's, it's getting cancelled once a week, not enough no. for you. Do you want to add, add a Your cancellation. No? <laughs> Your cancellation. <laughs> no, seriously, the level of English here is 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 incredible and it's higher than in... I've noticed it's higher than in other provinces in Spain. Mm-hmm. Everything is very... Uh, I mean, it's not like Amsterdam or totally. like, you know. <laughs> We're colonized by the English language, so all of us speak English. Mm quite normally yeah you can go around <laughs> without knowing anything else and and move perfectly yeah and the metro is easy it's just it's color coded yeah. isn't it so you just like i don't even know the name of the lines i never but, do i'm just like yeah that, that red but one. if you come from the us except if you come from new york i don't know if the, it's that easy if you're not used to public transportation well it is it is it's do they not, have subways in other states of i, I mean maybe chicago and stuff does, but does washington have one or am i, I am just I, in the north, like just New York, Boston, maybe, and and that's it. Yeah, like, but does but it, Iowa? it is easy. I don't. It's colorful, and you get to. I don't know. It's quite intuitive. What can and be they, confusing for a visitor is the other lines, the the rodalias and stuff. Yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. there is a very good train system. There's different types of trains, but the subway gets you all over the, the mm-hmm. center. You know, so that's enough. And Google Maps exists. So. Exactly. Yeah. Also, if I might big up. The tram, because like it just, I live near, very near a tram stop and it doesn't go to lots of places, but it does go to the festival. And yes. even if you don't, because the hard bit about getting away from the festival is the first bit, because, mm. you know, public transport is Barcelona is really good. When you get away from like actually the forum, it's, it's pretty easy. So maybe my advice is like get on the tram and take the tram somewhere else. Like if it's really packed and you can't get a taxi and you wonder what hell to do, get on, get on the tram. Get the tram somewhere else and then, yeah. and then change. You know, get the tram to like Glorious or something yeah. like that and then you can change. So, yeah. is that good Where there's less people trying to get, hail mm-hmm. a taxi and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't get the tram to my house because I can't <laughs> stay. <laughs> also, yeah, people when when uh, who get there on the first day of the festival and have to change their, their paper tickets into the wristband or whatever system we have this time, uh, get there early because people sometimes do that. Oh, festival opens up, mm, doors up five in the afternoon or whatever oh i'll just be there at five or whatever and the queues are just endless and endless and people start getting very nervous yeah Yeah, it's worth the sacrifice of you know what i'm gonna go there at two o'clock or 12 in the midday you know the 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 accreditations or the 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 ticket booths are open as soon as it get that out of the way in fact go there early and then continue with the rest of the day yeah just forget and then you just forget about it forget about your wristband yeah oh one one final uh listener question um, which is kind of, uh, uh, let me read it out. It's about getting cabs. Uh, back during the 2016 Primavera Sound, my daughter and I saw OCD in town for a warm-up show. Getting back to a hotel took about an hour and a half because mm-hmm. we couldn't get a taxi and Uber, Uber isn't in Barcelona. We finally jumped into one as they were dropping off people and the driver was upset, but finally took us to our hotel. For the weekday shows, what is the best way to get around before or after shows easily since we tried everything possible, calling, hailing, standing in taxi spots, etc.? I, I'm, I'm seriously so angry in the, with this city with the taxi situation. I is it? Bad? I, I don't take many taxis. But it's at bad. night, it, it can get tricky 
It can get tricky, especially weekends. But uh, she's asking about the midweek shows. Midweek shouldn't be a problem. Midweek should be okay. And plus, there's so many concerts spread out around the city. It's not just going to all happen in one place where 50,000 people are, you know, like when they go to the Parkdale Forum. Uh, Uber is now in Barcelona, isn't it? But Isn't it, I think? Yeah, and, and there's an app for like public um, taxis. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if you like the app thing because it's easier, you can do that. It's just not called Uber. I don't remember the name. Um, but I think Barcelona is so small. Like you can walk if your hotel or whatever is very far away. You can walk halfway to somewhere and then do the other part in, in taxi or public transportation. Yeah. I, I got to say, the one time like I really failed, I like, couldn't get any public transportation, was basically when I went to see the Rolling Stones up uh, in the Olympic Stadium. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those that I knew what time the, the metro finished. I knew we'd have to leave at roughly sort of 11 to get the metro. And at 11, they play Jumping Jack Flash. You're like, oh, come on, come on. <laughs> you know, I've got to stay. And then, so like, when, when we got we got to the metro, it was closed and the buses were just full and like, oh, no one was going. But yeah, that's like 100,000 people, well, 80,000 or whatever, you know, all leaving one place at the same time. Yeah. And in the end, Oof. we walked home. But um, yeah, I've had to walk home so many times from from up there, from San Jordi or from stuff, I swear. I, I, that's why I try, if I can bike it, I'll try and bike it like I do when I go to Primavera. But um, yeah, other times you just you just have to walk it, and when it rains, like it. <laughs> Never mind. Um, anyway, uh, Th- those, we talk- were our, those were those were the questions. Yeah, yeah, questions. They they've been useful. We could do it again. So I quite like answering questions. It makes me feel yeah. Okay. Feel useful. One last thing about Barcelona. Apparently, new names have been added to the lineup. I don't know which ones. Can you? Don't you- know. No. I, cause the, you don't I, know Pink Panthress? Yeah, that's my favorite. No, yeah. I, did, I, said, I, did, I couldn't tell which ones were new additions because oh, yeah, there wasn't the so typical <laughs> email where they say these are the names that uh, are uh, let, it. Let, Please. Uh, clever people have, have um, done this. <laughs> and they've even sort of put it into weekends. All right, this is, it's good. I was impressed. Okay. So who are the new ones on Weekend Barcelona? Weekend one. Low. Yeah. Low. I, yeah. Okay, yeah. Hey What is one of the albums of the year. A lo- uh-huh. I'm not a big fan of Low, but anyway. Oh, I want to see them live. Wet leg, yay! Wet leg, Tokisha, <laughs> Crystal Mess, Gustav, Gustav. Did well, we talk about who was Gustav? I'm not sure I know who Gustav is. Okay. To be honest with you, um, Alice Utat, Boy Pablo, Magdalena Bay, Pom Pom Squad, El Petit de Caleril, Hyde, and Meet Me at the Altar. Mm-hmm. Weekend two, Grimes DJ set, Jay Cortez, Bleachers, Amel and the Sneffels, Pink Panthers. Wow, I love Weekend two and Bleachers um, with um, headliner. Um, Jack Antonov is playing the same day. As oh my Lord, god! And they will have the PowerPoint reunion we were all waiting oh for. Oh my <laughs> god! Wow! It all converges. I hadn't even thought of that. That's yeah. quite, you know, the Jack Antonov coming, even though he's coming with bleachers, you know, it is a significant kind of thing because he is one of the most important producers in contemporary pop. So it's mm-hmm. it's like a good statement, you know. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've got it covered. Wow, wow! I didn't realize that. And okay. Re- uh, did I say Remy Wolf as well? Who was excellent at the weekend? Though. Oh, she yes. was really yes. good. Really Remy good. Wolf. Yeah. Remy Wolf. Um, a few, a few uh, Oh, Bajas. Yeah. Drops. Drops. Dro- uh, Biba Doobie, Kano, Napalm Death, La Mafia de l'Amour, Fatima, Yamaha. Oh, Napalm Death. I, I'm I sad didn't about know Napalm. That. I didn't know I about didn't know that. There it was drops. in a press release. It was in the oh. press. And uh, which was yeah, we knew that. Thing. Oh, yeah. Tetangana, you just got a mention in Pitchfork as one of the best progressive albums of the year. Wow, they're they're finally speaking about him over there. You know, he's, he's, he's getting there. He's getting there. I, I well, you know my views on, on Tetangana. I like El Madrileño. I think it is a, a, a very special album. Um, one of the low national albums of the year. Never, not only national, interesting album. Um, uh, okay, so we talk about Los Angeles. Yes, yeah, yeah. Los Angeles, LA, LA, big city, a dream. So that is such a sweet lineup as well. Uh, obviously, big headliners, Arctic Monkeys, which is very interesting news because that means that the new album is on its way because they wouldn't be signing off, or, uh, getting signed into festivals if they weren't ready with new material. So. What's it going to sound like? We don't know. Will it be a follow-up to the divisive Tranquility Base Hotel Hotel and Casino? Will they go back to hard stoner guitars? Will they continue with the lounge act? Or will they embrace the Latin vibe and make their version of a Dembo dance song a la Arctic Monkeys? Mm. 
Probably not. Well, I think Alex Turner, I, I think he's more interesting as a sophisticated alt crooner than a rocker. Well, me, that's my personal thing. And I think he'd triumph trying his hand at boleros, which is the Latin American style of crooning ballads. <laughs> God, I wish you'd be. Are you sure about that? Look, bolero is become, the boleros are becoming trendy, just like the bachata, Rosalia is doing bachata, Nati Pelusa is doing bachata, and, and it's just a trend that's starting to happen where Gen Z is starting to yeah, make Tetangana as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, music that their them, parents listen to, no? Alex Turner. Alex Turner <laughs> loves, he's very good with languages. Apparently he has perfect German diction. And he knows how to pronounce a lot of Spanish perfectly. Just like Nat King Cole, uh, did you ever hear those, esas canciones que cantaba con ese acento? Tu siempre me preguntas. You know, that was the, I could imagine Alex Turner with a Sheffield kind of lilt, you know. Doing, Go on, do it, do it, do it. Um, <laughs> yo tengo mis ojos sobre ti, quizás no puedo. Yeah, I think it would really. <laughs> oh my God, if he does it now, then you could probably claim a few points on the album. Oh, we will never see you again. As you I just want to put it out there into the universe. I want Alex Turner to record a Boleros album with Last Shadow Puppets or with Arctic Monkeys. I don't care. Uh, it would be marvelous. Lord will obviously ride her own wave on the back of her latest album, Solar Power. She doesn't really need a new album to draw a large crowd. She'll, you know, she's got so much, so many, such a devotional uh, following. But the Nine Inch Nails uh, headline slot is interesting because it's a, it's Trent Reznor is having one of the best third acts ever. You know, he, he obviously he was one of the kings of the 90s in the alt-rock uh, scene and the Lollapalooza scene and the festival circuit, etc., etc. Then mm, he was having a, a, an interesting moment in the charts with, uh, with their album With Teeth in the 2000s. But now he's also balancing an incredible, succe incredibly successful um, Hollywood soundtrack career with his other nail man mate, uh, Atticus Ross. Uh, they've even won Oscars and stuff. But the Nine Inch Nails sound is appearing in a lot of the new contemporary acts. The Horrors are, are making an, have made an album that sounds like Nine Inch Nails. Halsey was produced by her last album, uh, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. Was it, yeah, something did I, like that. Some, uh, did I say it right? Um, produced by Trent Lesnar. Uh, obviously, Old Town Road sampled Nine Inch Nails. Uh, so it's like, it's 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 an interesting way for them to claim the headline spot, even though they've never stopped being the t a typical headliner. Now it actually has a editorial coherence, to put it mildly. And then there's Arca, who, who you, you you claim, and I quite like this. You claim is is the new Trent Reznor. Arca is the new Trent Reznor, and whereas her first albums were kind of more in line with artistic soundscape installations. Now that she's having her hand at her ultra pop or whatever you want to call it with reggaeton rhythms and, and I don't know, popular sensitivities, I would love to see what that's going to look like live. Mm -hmm. Plus, imagine the spectacle. Because I liked her from what I saw. I never got to see her at Sonar, but her from what I saw on stories, Instagrams and videos and stuff, her performances were way more interesting than her albums, her first albums. You know, some of it is like, I can't listen to all of this for too long. Uh, it needs a live context. But with this kind of stuff, it's like, wow, it's going to just be super ultra. I don't know. Uh, I, did, I did see her at Sonar and it was very much a show. Like um, yeah, right? there was one year, I think I saw her twice at Sonar and there was one year where I think she was like launching a new show or something like that. I can't quite remember, but basically she came out and like she was like giving it everything, like singing among the crowd. She came out and like went onto the bar and sung a song at that point. I was like, wow, that is that is um that is good. That is, you know, really, really giving it everything. Huh. And what's also cool about the Los Angeles lineup is seeing how our Spanish exports work over there. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's going to be interesting. I mean, Derby Motoreta's uh, Burrito Cachimba, I think, will strike a chord because they're kind of the Sevillan um, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. No, they've always said yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. one of their main inspirations. So, And that, that kind of um, psych rock goes down really well over in the West Coast. Maria Jose Yergo will kill it. You know, because already mm, flamenco is already trending again in, in, in mainstream music, even in the Grammys, not just the Latin Grammys. Uh, so all of a sudden, everyone knows Rosalia over there. And even though Maria Jose Yergo was kind of unfairly being touted as the next Rosalia, I think she stands her own ground. She shouldn't be compared that, that, that lazily. Uh, and she's more traditional, more, more, more rootsy. Ah, she's going she's gonna to be something very... You know, they'll really see it as something super special there because she is. She's amazing. Then Badgyal, 
Batyal. I I know they're gonna love her. Wow. Well, but but I I love Batyal, but they're used to seeing s s artists yeah. who that with that kind of performance Maybe like Saweetie or 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 um, Cardi B, mm. you know, that, who have that kind of style of show. Uh, will she hold up to those to those mm, artists who are very used to those big arenas? Yeah. I mm. think I think she will hold up, but I don't know if they will understand her because we have so many references and we know her from from forever. Like yeah. when she was, we've seen on, her come up. Yeah, exactly, and that's why we love her so much. Yeah. So I don't know if she just came up on stage without con context. I don't know. I didn't. Think I, about I think that. that's the problem. I'm. I. I. Well, I'm. As you know, not not a massive fan of Bad Girl, and I, I think a lot of it is that uh, it's not that people don't know the Jamaican music that sounds like that, but it is just having a local act that does it in yeah. your language, and yeah. you know, you've seen a. It gives that extra that extra connection, um, and people in LA won't have that. You know. Yeah. Probably the initial reaction would be, well, why, you know, why is someone from Catalonia yeah, doing like dance hall? Yeah. yeah, imagine she starts getting into trouble over that because you know how they're they're yeah. very quick to cancel. <laughs> well, and your cancel, your cancel. So, and look, there's one thing that I like about Badgal, and is that I can still see it a little bit of. Um, I don't amateurishness isn't the isn't a fair word because it sounds harsh but because I've seen her, her come up yeah it's her essence I think she wants yeah. to keep that yeah that like it's not super tight her show isn't super 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 professional <laughs> and she does rehearse and she's got some great dancers but whereas for instance Rosalia with her dancers is like wow you've got some incredible dancers and you can see that she's tighter with her dance moves Badgal has a little bit of a I don't know just a looser thing going on and and it's part of her charm because as i say we've seen her come up we've seen how she's gone from being this girl who does videos in her room and 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 uh, sings with a shoebox to uh, avoid the echo all of a sudden when she's got this big stage show she spent money on her her live act but there's still something that's like it's almost like she's playing pretend no uh, yeah but it's it's part of the brand exactly. of the bad yell brand like if it was too commercial if she was like the new Aitana who is a singer here in Spain who is very commercial mm. it wouldn't be the same like she wouldn't be Bad Gyal exactly but they, yeah I don't know how that will translate exactly so that's, well, I liked Bad Gyal most when she started out when she's doing things like Pie because yeah. it didn't it did look mm -hmm. a bit sort of rough and now I think that she's kind of signed to a major label and they're sort of trying to it's not like the music's changed but I don't know it just doesn't feel kind of like when she was doing Pie which is like dancing on Catalan you're like ah that's pretty interesting you know mm -hmm. with like kind of local slang yeah. you know mm -hmm. and yeah i don't know plus her her lyrics are hilarious i mean yeah. i really i mean and all her lyrics are the same it's about smoking joints and her her her, her, her intimate parts and <laughs> selling out the club and stuff you know it's it's her modus operandi i want uh, i don't know i, I wonder if it will be because here people are chanting all her all her lines all her lyrics are like anthems you know things to shout at when you're in the limo with your girlfriends uh in the limo you know when you, yeah. when, you when you rent a <laughs> limo <laughs> when you rent a limo for one of those birthday parties or whatever i know my girlfriend did it not so long ago and, and they were just singing Badial all the time and every every line is just a chant you know like um it's almost a, an empowering chant and stuff uh it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see um, her her fans over there singing it um, clubbing, clubbing wise, John Talibut, he's one of the, our greatest exports. He's super prestigious all over the world. He's just been playing with Dave P again over in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, he's he's a he's a cult act. It's not he's not like a mainstream kind of DJ like a DJ Tiesto or I don't know uh, who's a, or Peggy Goo even no. Um, but California has a good, has got a very good club scene, I guess. So I think he will draw a large crowd. And then there's Jazz, DJ Jazz, whose real name is Silvia Jimenez. She's from the north of Spain, but lives in Berlin, I think, still. Uh, she falls in the category of sound designer more than electronic producer. And uh, she, from what I've heard on Boiler Room sets, she does a kind. Of, she plays a kind of very acid techno. Although her new album uh -huh. uh, is very interesting because uh, it, she was always known for like doing really hard techno. Her new album is kind of more song based if you see what ah. i mean um and it's um quite and 
it's quite unique. It wasn't at all what I was expecting. Um, you know, like sort of weird electronic songs, and um, I don't know—is she DJing or playing or playing live? I think DJing. Okay, okay, that might be that might be a bit more. Well, maybe live if you, if she's got this new album out. Maybe she's preparing a live show. Yeah, I don't know if she does play. To check. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It doesn't say like DJ or live. Mm. That, that that could be interesting. But yeah, her new album is very interesting. If anybody. If anyone's looking, anyone's going to LA and they're like, okay, who, which interesting Spanish artists are they? I would have um, a listen to jazz because it's, it's very different from what you're going to expect, mm-hmm. I reckon. Shall we listen to some, get into the Christmas spirit? Let's. Vamos allá. Music maestro. I call you up, wish you Merry Christmas, know that we don't talk at all. I miss your voice. Off this fall Let's talk things out I hate passive resistance I just can't That's Beach Bunny with Christmas Caller Sounds like Taylor Swift A little bit, no? That kind of sing style A bit, yeah, did you like it? it? Yes, yes, didn't know this Well, I've been all week. I've been researching new Christmas songs Ah. because, um, well, I I I know you know it's past the half of the month, whatever. But like you know, my my children have been very much into Christmas ever since. And I was looking for music while when we put up the tree, and you know, I've got my old Christmas classic. But let's see, kind of what kind of new things there are. Um, And I really wanted to refresh it, and I found it. And I really like that song. I really like that song. It's basically. Um, uh, wherever I've written the opening line somewhere, let's see if I can find it. But it, it's got—it's it, basically—it's about like uh, it's very, very, very indie. Maybe I haven't written the opening line, but it, it, it's all <laughs> like um, uh, oh, oh yeah, here we go. No, I did. I called you up to wish you Merry Christmas, knowing we don't talk at all. Nice, wow. which is a really, really good couple of lines, isn't it? It's like this is a Christmas song. It's not your average Christmas song. I'm going to put some emotion in it, and you're like, wow, what happens? What happens? Be- Beach Bunny, so uh, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, did you have a chance to have a listen to any uh, of um, some, some more of my uh, other selections? Because I've got quite a few of them. I did not get to the Cut Chemist one. Or uh, hang on, and I never heard this uh, festive version of Rapture by Blondie. If you had applied yourself to my uh, playlist, oh. you would have found it. It is a festive version of Rapture. Oh, which is which is quite amazing. Does it Rapture with like sleigh bells? Yes, uh-huh. yeah, and like and kind of a dongy church bells as well. It's really it's really good. Um, that was one I found. That was originally released in 1982, but um, has recently been remixed. Uh, there's the Soul Santas. That's very good. Members of Portishead, um, oh. live band, and Beak and all that kind of thing have put together like a funk Christmas thing. Really. Jeff, Jeff Barrow and Adrian Nutley, or just Jeff, Jeff and Jeff Barrow on the drums, and the other people like Ben Salisbury, I think, is in Beak. Yeah, and that's that's really good. That's one of my um, tips. It, well, it's really good. You hear one song, and then you like go on to to two, and like that. Yeah, probably two's enough if you know what I mean. In fact, that's something I found a lot with these Christmas albums. I was like, yeah, two, two is. Yeah. Like I really like them, but but two is enough. There was um, Spoon did a cover of Christmas Time Is Here Again, oh. which was uh, the Beatles' Christmas song. Kelly Clarkson, Christmas isn't cancelled, just you. Oh. Just <laughs> you. Is this a new song? or It is a new song. Oh, okay, I was like, oh, she's super into the slang version of cancelling Yeah, 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 and... yeah. Very appropriate. Well, I liked that because it was like, ah, yeah, yeah. Very, very 2021. Yeah. But also Christmas. And, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it feels a little bit forced, but yeah. <laughs> When when singers or people try to force being relatable, it's a bit cringy. But we'll, it's Chugi. Kelly Clark. Is it yeah. Chugi? <laughs> yeah. If it's Kelly Clarkson, I'm I'm in for it. Oh my god, we should do a song called Chugi Christmas. We wish you a Chugi <laughs> Christmas. Oh my god, that would be a, a come. Oh, Rob, quick, bring out the controls. <laughs> Let's make a Christmas song. Put some sleigh bells, strum a guitar, and and mention Chugi things. But also, it's I really like, I like the Kelly Clarkson one because uh, it's about like well a bit a bit like um, the Beach Bunny one. It's about like you know you've you've treated me wrong, but I'm getting over it because it's Christmas. So you're cancelled, but not Christmas. And I'm going to go through it, and I think that's very much the spirit of things. Eagles of Death Metal have released um, a Christmas CD, um, Christmas EP. Oh, which is a bit. Weird. I mean, well, it's just like you kind of think, well, when, when are the big guitars going to come in? And and they don't. Oh, mm-hmm. and weird. Or well, not in the bit I heard. As I said, I got you know a little. Oh. Uh, I'd had enough after. But uh, Billy Idol has done a, a Christmas 
a Christmas album? Well, did it? I oh, know White Wedding wasn't. No, White Wedding. Didn't he have a? Didn't he have an '80s Christmas hit? Hang on, hang on. That's without a face. Uh, for some reason, I thought he'd already attempted to have yeah, a Christmas it, hit. It makes sense. Uh, like it didn't surprise me in this case that he has. He looks great. He's kind of back again. He 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 keeps returning every ten years or so, and he still looks slim and. Like he hasn't aged much. I mean, obviously he uses makeup and things. <laughs> but yeah, what a treasure! I, like I, I tell you what, he does. The the one thing you have to do on a Christmas album, this is what I've realised, is you have to give it your all. If at any point you sound like you're not into it, it's the worst thing in the world. And Billy Idol is into it. Yeah, you know, if you sound like you you got a producer with a shotgun at your back, like yeah. that's not good. But Billy Idol is definitely into it. He gets into it. I mean the payoff. If you have, if you manage to get a Christmas song into the canon of songs that get played every year, like Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas" or whatever, every supermarket is playing your song and stuff. That's just like a great, the best pension plan ever. Well, do you know what I read? Um, I read an article about this. I think it was on the Guardian the other day, and it said you don't even need to make a big hit of it if you get it onto enough Christmas playlists. You know, yeah. like even like if, if you do like an acoustic version let's say, of Wham's Last Christmas. Yeah. Like sort of sensitive indie acoustic version of Wham's Last Christmas. If you get that onto a few playlists, you're going to make money. And it doesn't have to be a radio hit, doesn't have to be anything. You just really? get onto the right playlists, yeah. Because there's massive, there's lots, so many Christmas playlists. It's, it, I mean, I, I get angry with bands who don't attempt to have a Christmas song. It's like, what are you doing? Don't you like money coming in? <laughs> you know, just like for something that's creative. It only gets played one month a year. It's not like... I don't know, you're going to play it in summer? Well, what did you think of Nora Jones's Christmas album? Okay. Technically our album of the week. I'm surprised, and it's one of the talking points, that it's taken her this long to record a, a Christmas album. And it's cool that it's a mixture of uh, covers as well as original material. I didn't think much, you know, I, I loved, when I was a kid, I loved the, uh, the Chipmunks version, I think it's the original <laughs> version of uh, Christmas Don't Be Late. Uh, I kind of got the feeling there that she phoned it in a little bit because she's, you know, she, she doesn't really have to work really hard. Her voice comes out naturally. Uh, it's a perfect fit. Nora Jones doing a Christmas album, but this one I could feel that it's like, yeah, whatever. She probably did it in one take. <laughs> I I liked it. Christmas. Uh, Nora Jones. I dream of Christmas. I thought again. Um, I listened to it all the way through mm-hmm. because that that was our duty, and I got a little bit um, distracted by the end. But I thought I thought it was good. Like she's got a very. She's got a lovely voice, very Christmassy, kind of makes me feel like Bailey's. And it was kind of like a sort of f- sort of funk, um, sort of funk soul backing. She did a lot of like she did traditional Christmas songs, but stuff like, you know, um well, things like uh Christmas Don't Be Late and yeah. you know, Blue Christmas. Um There's and, an Elvis cover, there's a Tuck yeah. Berry cover. And oh. Christmas Time is here, which is from the, you know, the the, the Snoopy Christmas soundtrack oh, thing, which Americans cute. are always going on about. Christmas, Christmas. Oh, the Chipmunks also sang that. Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> no, I love no, that no. Album. Th- th- there's this um, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Have you seen it? I never watched that. Yeah, Amer- I think I've seen it. Americans love it. It's like it's like a sort of oh, it's something that just gets like ET. It just gets shown every year. Yeah, and it's kind of a little bit melancholic, Ooh. and it's got brilliant, yeah. beautiful music. Yeah. Um, okay. Did you like Nora Jones? Yes. Um, <laughs> I I just. Thought like she already had like <laughs> like a lot of her music kind of already could be festive if it, she changed the lyrics or something. So yes, it it totally makes sense. I I don't know I don't know what, how I stand on Christmas um albums like if they're not cheesy over the top albums. Mm, I don't know I I don't know if I want to take them seriously. Like this is a serious Christmas album like professional and i want it to be like kind of so cheesy it's purposely bad and i don't know um, but good for her because it's it's actually good and to me a christmas album has to be bad so all right like what like sense, what what do you want uh, um <coughs> the only al- yeah <laughs> i want glee covers of christmas music and i want the ariana grande album of she has a christmas album does I she think, i think it's an ep or something like that and and it's just, yeah, Christmas in an Ariana Grande way. That's all I need. And and other artists who are more serious, if it's not a classic like Jingle Bell Rocks or yeah. anything like that, I, I'm not interested. 
Jingle Bell Rock. I always get the image of uh, Mean, mean Girls, girls. You know, yeah, when they're too. doing the number and, and they lose their sound. Yeah. That's iconic. Uh, Taylor Swift never recorded a Christmas album? She must have. Or at least she songs. She has songs that could be Christmas, like This the Season in Evermore. Yeah. That is now a year old. Like a few days ago, it was the Evermore anniversary. And it was her birthday, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Her birthday and Evermore's, like the second album. Uh, I thought that video she did for the nine-minute song, yeah, was at, a bit Christmas. Yeah, at the well, end it was Thanksgiving, she, wasn't it? Oh, that's true. Isn't it supposed yeah. to? You know, it, and it tied in. It was released, I think, on that date. But yeah, it's because Thanksgiving and Christmas is kind of the same thing for Americans. It's this, it's kind of it has just as much importance, but without so many gifts. Uh, I don't mean to sound pretentious, but one of my favorite Christmas songs is a 35-minute <laughs> oh, slowed-down remix up. of Wham's Last Christmas, <laughs> oh, <Jesus> Christ. <laughs> titled Fono's Calm Down Edit uh, by the ambient producer Fono. It's on SoundCloud. It's been described in YouTube comments sections as Wambience. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Over 35 minutes, uh, a writer said, wrote, your attention loosens it into something more like weather. His blues becomes the blue sky. It accentuates the possible. And one fan commented on YouTube, someone said this is George singing in heaven. And I'm literally in tears at the thought of his energy floating through the dimensions, radiating his beautiful voice all across the multiverse. But it's, you know, it's because it's ambient and it's 35 minutes. It really is soothing. Uh, right. Now, I don't mm -hmm. want to be rude, but have you ever actually put it on at Christmas? Yeah. I have. Have I, you? Okay. Not, okay. Not, not, when not, your mum's around. No, not, not yeah. as in background dinner music, but I, I listen even, it's one song that I listen to even outside of Christmas. And there's another remix, uh, uh, just a 10 minute kind of uh, slow disco remix that I found somewhere that I always want to play, but I can only play during the Christmas season because it's, you can recognize it, you know, it's last Christmas, but it's yeah. like a slow edit and stuff. And Oh, by the way, I meant to say, I don't think I include this in my list. This, this was something very much for you. Cliff Beach is a singer who's done like a Christmas album and it's like laid back funk, kind of yacht funk, very much up Ooh, your street, I think. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, there's a version of Frosty the Snowman on, on the uh, playlist I did, if you want to have a listen. Because those are the best Christmases ever, those people who can spend them on a yacht in a sunny part of the world in December. Have either of you ever worked in retail? You, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Were you yeah. driven mad by the Christmas songs? Well, they were kind of hip shops and we'd have like DJ mixes and stuff. We never really... No, I don't. No, no, no. We never played Christmas themed music. No, no. We're too cool for that. Well, not me, the, the, the store owner and stuff. I would have played it. I would have played Mariah Carey. <laughs> you would have played your 35 minute slow down <laughs> version <laughs> of uh... <laughs> the chin stroking Christmas song. <laughs> um, shall we hear a bit of Nora Jones and try and talk a little bit about Christmas movies? Yeah, let's do it. Hang on. Nora Jones. holiday for Christmas I could call you on the phone sing a song that feels like home instead of feeling all alone okay so uh, we 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 were gonna talk about some of our favorite TV or movies but there's barely any time so I'm gonna hog the microphone because it's my last show before the end of the, the year uh, as I still have a bit of paternity leave to <laughs> so anyway one um, obviously Christmas season there's lots of classic uh, Christmas movies um, some people say Die Hard some people say Home Alone I love Home Alone but I remember seeing the French original film that inspired Home Alone one of its titles, it had many titles, it was translated in, in different countries and stuff. One of its titles was Deadly Games. And that film messed up my childhood. <laughs> it, was, it was traumatizing. It's basically the same plot as Home Alone. Uh, it's a kid, a very young kid, like a nine-year-old kid who's super tech savvy. And he has this incredible, sophisticated uh, security system in his house because his mother's rich. And they have, you know, and he lives with his... Um, widowed mother and with his um, partially blind diabetic grandfather okay. and all of a sudden um, he uses this the, the film is from 1989 and he uses this kind of precursor to internet to try to communicate with Santa because he really <laughs> believes in Santa 
And he ends up communicating with this psychopath who <laughs> decides to dress up as Santa and visit him at his home and and <laughs> haunt him and harass him and chase him all around the house. The house get locked, gets locked down. The kid's trapped in the house with his grandfather. It is so disturbing. And it's like the French, really. They're amazing. <laughs> I, I mean, it's obviously a cult f- uh, favorite. It was uh, it was a kind of a straight-to-video thing here in, in Spain. I'm I'm hoping that they will re-release it or it'll appear on some streaming services because I really would like to watch it as an adult. But I watched it as a kid and I was hope you know you rent it on you you see a kid on the cover dressed as Rambo and you think ah it's going to be this <laughs> children's adventure comedy like Home Alone because it's like, like the film that inspired Home Alone so it's like oh okay um, and all of a sudden it starts off kind of light and uh, the kid's even got like this 80s kind of mullet he's adorable and it just gets so dark. It is so dark, and and you know that it's it's funny now to think. How do you direct a movie with a kid like this? Where you, know, I I mean, I know that when they when you work when they work with children in films and they have to shoot scenes that could traumatize them, they don't they don't sh- the kid doesn't see what he's reacting to, or you know, it's like the director probably says, okay, now scream like you're in pain, you know, like mm. pretend, you know, they're playing pretend. There's coaches and stuff. But some of it, it's just like the kid is really like crying and screaming in a way that it's like, wow, what a great actor. What well, the hell did you tell that kid to to draw out this kind of performance? And it sucks that I don't have better French because I couldn't find any um, Amer- English speaking websites. You know, th- I, there were some talking about the films, but I'd love to find some interview with the actor now talking about his experience on that movie i couldn't find anything in 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 an english speaking language could could i give you a very brief anecdote from the world of music that that when they were recording um lou reed's berlin album which Mm. is famously a kind of um depressing depressing album basically uh they needed i think i think this is right basically they they needed uh to have some children crying so they used lou reed's kids and told them their dad was dead no (laughs) oh my seriously how (laughs) Kids cry all the time. You don't have to tell you them. You don't have to just tell them. You know that you're cancelling Christmas, or you're, there's not going to be more chocolate. I, but oh oh, seriously, I mean, it's it, it's fascinating. This whole thing. I mean, there must be books about you know children who went wrong. And well, we, we know stories of children who've been traumatized from working in Hollywood and stuff. But this film alone, seriously, I mean, the kid is super talented. I, mean, I, I really do need to see this film again. Um, what was it called? Uh, now I have to so see one of the yeah. titles was Deadly Games. Another one was... Um, thir- uh, uh, but it. was it advertised as a Christmas movie? Or was it your mistake to think it was a Christmas movie mm-hmm. as a kid? Because maybe it was advertised like, do not watch this movie. It's very scary. And you were like, oh, yeah, just No, Christmas. no. The, ta- the tagline on the video club, the video was, it's uh, the original, the film that inspired Home Alone. And obviously, I think uh, now I looked, I found some Google images and it, and you do see like smaller lettering, but darker. Or the, uh, <laughs> but, but don't watch it. <laughs> or, <laughs> like one writer, uh, Kylie Fox, wrote for the Neon Splatter website, this movie feels like if Tim Burton watched Die Hard and Rambo, knew about Home Alone, then said, how do I roll doll the shit out of this? <laughs> the, the original French title was 3615 Code Père Noël or... Damn it, my French sucks. Uh, it was released in 1989. The director, Rene Manzer, actually threatened the makers of Home Alone uh, with legal action due to plagiarism, but I guess it didn't take him too much to, to talk him out of it when he became when, when Home Alone became one of the highest grossing pictures of all time. It's like, try and fight those lawyers. Um, and with that... And with that, we say goodbye to this uh, kind of Christmas special. Uh, you two will be on next week I'll yep. be on paternity leave but I'll be tuning in to you it's been a pleasure Merry yeah, Christmas Merry Christmas Merry Christmas thank you Rob for producing <laughs>